Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I know that when I first arrived here as one of your new pastors, it circulated quite a bit that I had a mohawk for a hairstyle at one point. But did I ever tell you what my, my mom's reaction was when I first came home with that mohawk? I'm not sure that I did, so I want to tell you that this morning. You see, as I said, I had a mohawk. I did it when I was in college, so I had my roommate cut my own hair, which probably has its own problems. But I showed up at home. Mom and Dad had no clue what I had done yet. And I come home from college to see them. It had been a little while. They're all excited to see me. And I walk in the door, and their eyes just grow wide. And they look at me as their smiles start to grow. My mom leans over to my dad, and she says, He's your son. <laughs> He's your son. You see, because sometimes in, in our lives, parents don't necessarily want to claim all the actions or the activities of their own children because they're a little bit embarrassing and maybe make them feel a little uncomfortable. So they say, He's your son, or She is your daughter. But no, make no mistake about it. In God's word today, the epistle lesson, which is the focus for our meditation this morning, Galatians chapter 4, God claims you as his son and as his daughter. And yet far too often we live in this world, even though we are God's sons and daughters, we are his creation, we live in this world as if instead we are slaves to the world. Or as Paul puts it today, we live as if we are slaves to the elementary principles of the world. We are slaves to the things here and now among us. Slaves, some of us, to our job. The job that is good and well and beneficial to have. It provides the money that we need to put food on the table and a roof over our family's heads. And yet that job becomes our everything. Working day and night where you can have work on your phone all hours of the day on your email no matter where you are and what you're doing. Work becomes so much more the priority above everything else that you even start to neglect time for worship or study of God's word or even prayer. And then there are those in this world today who are slaves to their workout regimen. Workout regimen, whatever it be, maybe it's running or weightlifting or anything of the sorts, but that's all you think about day and night. When you get up, it's about workout. When's my next workout? How am I going to do it? And it's all about that. Putting that first and foremost before anything else in your life. Or even for some, and far too many, slaves to our own earthly possessions. To the wallet that's in our pocket or the pocketbook in our purse. Slaves to the things that we own, the money we have, or the possessions, the house, or the boat, or whatever it might be. Thinking so much about those things before the true priorities in our life. Slaves to the things of this world, just as Paul describes in this analogy in Scripture today, as the heir was a slave. Again, from Galatians chapter 4, it reads, The heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. And so if we break this analogy down here in Scripture, we have this analogy of an heir, a child who's in, set to inherit such great inheritance. Now, we don't have all the details, but it's likely, we can likely assume he was going to inherit quite a bit. A lot of likely possessions or even authority and power. 
And yet, although he's the heir to all of this, he doesn't act like an heir at all. He instead is like a slave because he's under the control of the guardians and the managers. And in essence, they control everything he does, even though he is the heir to that great inheritance. But did you note the end? He is like a slave only until the date set by his father. And the key words in there is by his father. So at some point, he will no longer be like a slave. And at that point, it's only by the date set by his father. Which is much the same for you and for me. Like slaves until the date set by our heavenly father. And the date set by our heavenly father was the time in which he sent his son for you. When the very true God himself, the son of God, became in the flesh. When he was born of a woman and born under the law. That was the fullness of time for you and for me. And it says that the Son of God was born of a woman. It basically means he was born of a female, a human, a person. So in essence, we need to make sure we know he was human, 100% human. Even though he's also God, true God, 100% God, he is born of a woman, 100% man. And this Son of God who became man also became under the law, subjecting himself to the full weight of the law, the full suffering and pain that the law brings to someone who is underneath it. And we get just a glimpse of his suffering under the law when we turn in our scriptures to the story of Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus was in that Garden of Gethsemane praying because he knew what he was about to experience. But listen again to his words as he was there praying. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. In his full human nature, he felt the weight of the law. He felt the rejection of the people around him. He felt the being despised by all those who were around him, yelling words at him and treating him so harshly. And he knew what was about to come to him. And so he felt the pain. He felt the true misery that in his full human nature, he felt it. So much so that he even, it even says here in scripture, he had angels come ministering to him. Because in his human nature, he felt that full weight needing the comfort of angels. And it even goes on to say that sweat fell from his face to the ground like blood. And we get an even greater glimpse of his human suffering, feeling that weight of the law when we see him on the cross. Hanging there, nailed by his hands and his feet. As scripture tells us, darkness came over the entire land. And it was about the ninth hour. And Jesus cried out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was a cry out of misery, miserable pain and suffering. Because Jesus felt the full weight, especially there on that cross, in that moment, that full extent of the law and its suffering. All of that, being born of a woman, being born under the law, all of that was for you 
so that he could redeem each and every one of you. In confirmation class, as we had some of our girls here from confirmation, it makes me think that we take extra time when we're in confirmation instruction with our, our children to talk about what does it mean that he's called our redeemer. To define that word redeemer. Because the word redeem means to purchase back. To buy back. Jesus Christ bought you back from the elementary principles of this world. He bought you back from the things of this world. He bought you back to be his. To be his son and daughter. Jesus bought you back so you could be his son and daughter. And just as the scripture says today, so you can cry out to the heavenly father, crying out, Abba, Father. And the Holy Spirit, which means that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you, which doesn't necessarily make full sense, because we can't really see the Holy Spirit inside of us. We can't necessarily feel the Holy Spirit. We can't even fully understand the fact that the Holy Spirit's dwelling inside of us, but it's there. It is there inside of each and every one of you, crying out, Abba, Father. And as we spend so much time during the Reformation series, focusing on all the important teaching of the Reformation that keep the teaching of the Scripture true, Today we focus on the fact that education through teaching and preaching is ever so important. Because through the teaching and preaching we get to hear God's word. Because it shows us today that through God's word you get to receive his spirit. Which is why we need to read his word, study his word, be in his word as much as we can. To continue to receive his spirit. His spirit which then enables you to cry out to your heavenly father. To cry out to him in great joy and excitement when you get that promotion at work. Or when you reach your physical fitness goal. Or whatever it might be. But also to cry out to your Heavenly Father in the depths of your pain and suffering. To cry out to him no matter what joy or sorrow you experience. No matter what happens in your life. But to cry out to him because he is your Heavenly Father who is always there to listen to you. And make, note, make note about it. He's your perfect heavenly father. So no matter what kind of father you may have experienced here on this earth, no matter what kind of father we may be at times or another, he's perfect. He's your perfect father who will never leave you, never forsake you, but will always be there for you. And so in this world today, regardless of who may or may not want to claim you from time to time, depending on what you do, regardless of what you've been slaves to, you are sons and daughters of God. His sons and daughters. Amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.